with Cura, Stories from the Art World, is brought to you by the Cura Art Team, recorded during an unprecedented year and as a celebration of our community. We are fortunate enough to know and work with some of the best in the art sector and are delighted to be sharing their fascinating and inspiring stories with you throughout this series. We hope you enjoy learning more about the wonderful world we work in. Please forgive us for the sound quality these interviews were recorded at home whilst in lockdown. Heather Christensen-Smith is the founder of Art at Work and a curator creating gallery spaces within corporate settings. She designs dynamic exhibitions and installations to bring business spaces to life and reflect the ethos and energy of the company for employees, clients, and visitors. You could say that the universe really wanted us to connect. My friend coincidentally met Heather in a coffee shop and said we had to meet which was the beginning of many long phone conversations about our work and love for the arts. This episode was recorded in Los Angeles and Santa Barbara. So before we kind of get into the deeper questions, I would just love to know a little bit about yourself, your background, um, maybe where you're located right now and what your day looks like currently and how it's kind of shifted um, during this strange and surreal time we are living in. Sure, sure. Well, my, um, I'm, I'm located in Santa Barbara County and, um, and my have shifted hugely. Um, I now spend a, a lot of time at home and before this, um, I had meetings and a lot of, you know, connections and conversations and this time brings a lot of introspection a review of the past work kind of a quiet recentering looking towards what i'd like my my future projects to be shaped around and it's a way to um to to just slow down and and also work on self-education um I love all the webinars and podcasts that are coming up. And, and in my community, I realized I don't know very much about the local birds. And so I signed up for a webinar on bird migration in Santa Barbara, which oh, has wow. nothing to do with with what what I should be looking about. But I feel like it's good to connect back to nature on those levels. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I know it's fun to connect to things that you wouldn't maybe otherwise have have time for. So... I think that's really important during this time. Yeah. And then um, just a little bit about my professional background. Um, I got I got very involved in, in photography as a teenager and um, was so lucky to have mentors and amazing classes. Um, in college, I... Um, I still had access to a, a great dark room and spent a huge amount of my freshman year in a room developing prints. Uh, then I professionally, I started working for photographers uh, and ended up uh, working for photographers, which I love the, the skills of photo editing and selection, which I think gave me a sense that uh, down the road, 
I went curated, which was um, was to go through a lot of images and and pull out um, pull out favorites. Um, I moved to New York City and I worked for two different photographers in New York City. I loved it. It wasn't the right fit. And I slowly transitioned into museum work. Um, and I eventually ended up at the Guggenheim, um, where I worked for years and years um, in a bunch of different roles on traveling exhibitions, um, learn a lot about Frank Lloyd Wright. And then I went on to get my master's degree at the Cooper Hewitt National Design Museum. Uh, which I loved, and uh, and there I was a curatorial fellow in the prints and drawing department. Um, I also worked on their national design awards and the exhibitions. Um, I so enjoyed being a curatorial intern at the American Wing at the Met, and after that, um, I was I was able to um, become a, a, a TA for a class that I'd taken uh, called the Future of Museums. Um, and I had a phenomenal professor um, who encouraged me to apply for a position at a large exhibition design firm where I kind of learned the other side of museum work when museums are able to bring in, you know, innovative thinkers from outside. After that, I, um, I co-curated a large exhibition, which, um, which then kind of sent me in a connection to start corporate curating. Um, which I've done since 2017, and uh, and it's a wonderful intersection of my past work in photography and design firms and museums, and and I'm so happy to have ended up here because it's so fruitful and inspiring to uh, to hang exhibitions within office spaces and really kind of inspire um, inspire people in their everyday. Um, we all want to go to museums on our weekends and our time off, and I really love, um, I really love the chance to bring art into the everyday. And can you tell me a little bit more about when and how you you founded your company, Art at Work? Was it just a kind of natural pr- progression from moving back to Santa Barbara? Um, can you just tell me a little bit about that? Sure, sure. Um, I, um, so over the years as a, as a corporate curator, I've, I had so many individual instances where artists would come up to me and more or less say the same thing, which was, what kind of perfect world am I living in where I get to show my work in this beautiful space and get paid for it and and have employees look at it and be accepted into, you know, this corporate collection. And so many different times artists uh, reference the same concept and equally um, as the artists would come and pack up their work after a six month show, um, you'd see these unbelievable paintings and photographs be wrapped up in brown paper and put back into, you know, a moving van. And the artists were saying that, you know, this huge print that they produced for the show that didn't sell, you know, looked so beautiful in the space, but it looked so huge in their studio. And it just got me thinking that 
there should be more, you know, there should be more exhibitions within office spaces. And I, I think it's still an area that there's a lot of expansion in. And, um, and so I slowly worked on the idea and recognized there's room for growth. And I'm really excited to, to have the experience that I have and, and continue to network and create, you know, more attractive workspaces, better programs for emerging artists and just kind of be the, the middle person that is able to coordinate and mediate a lot of that, which is uh, something that I enjoy to do. And um, how do you choose the artists that are featured in these shows? And and you focus, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you focus on emerging and and mid-career artists um, mostly. I do, I do. And I think... um, so, so first of all, it's good to just get a, a, you know, a sense of what the company's, you know, core values are and missions. And then I take into account, um, you know, seasons or, um, kind of pertinent life events that are happening. Um, and, um, and then I also, you know, make selections for different parts of the building, um, that I'm working in? Is it, you know, on the top floor and are you looking out at, um, you know, sky? Is it on a lower floor that has views of something? Is it near, you know, the large, um, you know, cafeteria? Um, and so, um, so I have a, I, from all my other experiences, I have a great, um, great connection with a huge number of artists, but then I always um, have somebody come up to me and say, oh, my sister-in-law is an amazing artist. Can I send you a website? And I'm always open to um, being connected to anyone and reviewing and and then having that great studio visit where you get to really learn the process of how that artist is working, what's their path, their history. And then, you know, and then you just remember them and put them in in your file, in your mind until the right place comes up, which it tends to do. And do you, just going back to kind of choosing the works, you know, while looking at the space and do you a lot of times have to kind of bring in, you know, a whole new lighting design and actually kind of, you know, make the space work for the art instead of the other way around? That's a good question. Um, that's, um, and that's, you know, that's definitely a challenge when, um, when you have, uh, you know, a fire alarm on the exact wall that you want to hang a large canvas yeah. or, um, or, you know, the corporation wants to put uh, a huge sign up by, um, by, where you want to hang something. So it's, you know, it's not a white box gallery that you're working in and, um, and you, you just have workarounds. Um, you work with the facilities team. Um, I haven't had to do major, um, reworking of lighting. I tend to, um, work with what's there. Um, but in terms of kind of other issues, um, I think most people have good aesthetics that realize that, once there's a piece of work there, it changes. Um, I did have one building that had to 
um, kind of increase their security at their entry level. Um, so they put in a bunch of turnstiles when before they just had, you know, a, a monitored door. And so that definitely changes the feel of the space. And I don't, you know, put such significant works there anymore and I, I move them throughout the building. But I think, you know, I think we're all flexible and you and, you know, it's so healthy to move things around. So does that answer your question? Yeah, no, it does. I always am just, I think, because I'm always just curious about that. You know, so much goes into kind of choosing um, where to hang something. And when you have a space that is meant um, to be, you know, it's meant to be a gallery, it's meant to be a museum or it's someone's home that's kind of, they've really put a lot of thought into where, you know, these kind of big blank walls where they're going to put art. So it's just interesting looking at it from reverse in terms of, having a, a corporate, you know, space that already exists and actually trying to um, adapt what you you put into the space that way. I yeah. find that quite yeah. an interesting um, and, and difficult task because you're also working with, you know, so many different um, parties involved that might not at first understand exactly what you're <laughs> what you're trying to do. So, um and that's, I mean, I think that, I think you said that really well. And I think I also tend to work in newer buildings that have like higher ceilings, you know, good natural lighting. And it's hard to make a beautiful exhibition in, you know, a 1970s kind of dumpy building. Um, and, um, but then equally, I'm not going to put, you know, a prime piece right next to a Xerox machine. I'm yeah. going to put it in, a, you know, a special spot in the building by a boardroom, you know, in a nice wall. So, um, and then, and so what, so what to kind of answer your question is every exhibition has, you know, significant strong pieces that are going in high traffic, beautiful areas, and then smaller pieces that are kind of scattered throughout the building, you know, um, in little, in little areas. And so I obviously plan for that and curate around that. Interesting. And in terms of the kind of artists that you work with, do you um, kind of have, you know, lots of people that you keep going back to? Or how do you how do you find new artists to work with? Um, I know that's probably quite a broad question to answer, but. Yeah, so, um, I mean, so what often happens is, um, is I work with artists um, and then that I've already known or, you know, been referenced to me. And then I, um, and then they have, you know, good experience and I, you know, work really hard to communicate, um, the expectations of a corporate exhibition, um, how I, how I perceive things will go, um, and really try and create a really strong, open relationship with the artists, um, give them updates. You know, we, we do our exhibition tours, which are always so special and wonderful. And really at the end of each exhibition, the artists are asking me if, if they can refer, um, you know, their studio mate or their, you know, classmate or somebody. So I actually get a huge number of, um, of recommendations of new artists from artists that I've shown within the past, which is a beautiful cycle. And, um, and the artists, you know, in turn already have, you know, told their friend a little bit about the situation. And, um, and there's this one studio, um, 
I think there's seven artists that are in that space. And so it's very convenient. I just go on studio tours and check in um, at, at everyone's new work. Um, and so that's a, that's a wonderful way to connect. I also um, do post call for artists on different, um, on different organizations' websites. And I think the last time I posted, I got about 500 responses. And, oh, wow. And then created a really strong spreadsheet out of that. So that'll be a great resource for a number of years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And this process of, you know, creating connections and sparking creativity between the organization that you're working in and the artists and maybe the greater community that surrounds that organization can you kind of tell me a little bit more about that? Because it's such an it's such an interesting concept that I feel like a lot of people don't have um, the opportunity to kind of be a part of. Sure, sure. Um, I think the best way to answer that is is with an example. Um, and there's a a series of um, of paintings that I exhibited over a year ago. And, um, and they're beautiful. They're seven 30 by 30 inch panels showing, uh, a view of the earth, like the blue marble photographs. And, uh, and it's actually the earth over 500 million years over seven panels as you're getting a progression, but the earth is painted. Um, so you can see the brush strokes and the colors the artist Sarah Olson chose to depict, you know, Antarctica and kind of early earth patterns and, and they're beautiful and they're beautiful as a series. And, and, um, and as any curator knows, when you're hanging seven different panels, I work with a phenomenal art handler. And so we hung this, um, this series took a few hours, uh, the pieces weren't on wire. They, um, so we had to do, you know, two nails per, per panel times seven. And it was a significant installation. And the next morning, um, I was back at the corporation bright and early. And there was actually a crowd of employees standing around this installation. And some of them were up close and really looking at the, the painterly work. And some of them were back looking at the series as a whole and how it shifted. Some were reading the object wall labels. And for me, it was such a inspiring moment that, uh, that that I created a crowd of people um, reviewing this work. And this was just on their commute into their, into their desk. And so it was a very inspiring moment for me to say that we can change uh, people's paths through art. We can shift the focus. We could give somebody, you know, those few moments almost as an, in a meditative state. And so it was very inspiring for me. And so I think that's a good example. And, and then maybe, you know, later the day, two colleagues would bump into another, into one another and start talking about it. And so that's really at the end of the day, what we're hoping to do is, is create, you know, connection amongst employees and conversations and, uh, and, and I'm seeing it happen. So. Yeah, that's great. And can you, um, 
just expand a little bit on your position as corporate curator at the NRG headquarters in Princeton. I mean, I just can't, that's a large, um, a large task to oversee their installation of exhibitions um, in a 130,000 square foot building. I mean, that's a, that's a large amount of space. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I think it's a, um really inspiring to work in that building because it's a lead platinum building. Oh, wow. Um, and as you, uh, as you arrive in the building, uh, you see uh, wind turbines outside. You see very significant series of carports that are all uh, solar panels. Um, there's a green roof. Um, and then I've actually, you know, studied aspects of the of the report card. So that specific space um, is very inspiring because, again, like I referenced earlier, this is a way that the world should operate, that artists should be paid for what they're doing, that corporate headquarters should be able to work off the grid in optimum weather circumstances. And, um, and that's kind of what you know, I'm striving to do. Uh, and so that, that project, um, is fantastic. Uh, there's so many different ways to showcase, uh, the corporate philosophies there, both in sustainability, both in green energy, um, both, and then also kind of in wind and solar and earth. So, um, so with that specific project, um, I curate uh, five artists into every exhibition every six months. And we've, in the last few years, we've actually slightly shifted and decided that of those five artists, um, one, one of them should be um, from a certain organization that is part of um, the philosophy of the corporate giving of NRG. Um, so we've, um, w- right now I'm preparing to showcase a series of artists who have been, um, homeless and are now in an art therapy program and we're, we'll exhibit those works. Um, I'm in discussion with another art organization that works with formerly incarcerated people that are now producing art to have, uh, excess income. And then another organization that, um, brings teaching artists into schools of, uh, special children and showcase that artwork. So it's really nice to kind of tie in um, all aspects of artists, not just the standard went school um, type artist. Um, and so that's, I really do enjoy that. Um, and then in, in other aspects, I, I do showcase artists that um, either focus on botany or focus on landscape or maybe the t- destruction of landscape. Um, so there's so many ways that that the projects there can go, and it's um, and I've got great support from the headquarters, and um, and it's a really successful program after a number of years, which is so nice. And so, can you tell me a little bit more about that special connection that happens between the environment, um, the artists, and the artwork that maybe you know would not happen um, at say a you know commercial gallery or a different type of environment? Sure. Uh, so what, um, what's, what's happening now, uh, as, as employees are getting to know me is that they're a little bit cheeky and start making requests for artwork by their desks, which 
um, I'm always happy to hear. And the big difference there is that curators put together exhibitions that will be seen once, maybe twice in the run of a show. And I'm putting together exhibitions where people are living and breathing the work almost like it's in their own home. They're looking at paintings for six months, which is um, which is a wonderful relationship for them to have, but it's a different relationship. And so um, I work hard to uh, pick pieces that I think are going to look lovely after, you know, many views and not just the first view. And that's for me, a, a new challenge and a big challenge is to is to create exhibitions that are seen on a daily basis. Um, and I and I, um, you know, always have open ears and uh, I send surveys out to all employees and buildings that are curated in just to get a sense that I'm on target with um, with what what viewers are looking for. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't I hadn't thought of it that way, actually, of kind of the person, you know, the employee really um, wanting to kind of love what they look at. But that totally makes sense. I like that. Yeah. And something that I that I should add is that um, one of the highlights of the exhibitions is when artists uh, have tours and speak about the process and employees are asking questions because they've been wondering about something, you know, and then here they have the artist that says, oh, you know, when I, you know, drew in this organic farm uh, or this organic shape in this section, I was thinking about this. And meanwhile, the person who's been staring at it for two months didn't, you know, really notice that. And so it's kind of like, you know, a book talk where somebody gets to ask an author a question. And these artist talks are really um are really powerful and interesting and fun and and give um, attendees this wonderful experience. Um, and so that's a that, that's my favorite part about being a corporate curator is is creating the discussion and the dialogue um, during the tours of and then having you know two artists on a tour so that they're also asking each other questions and and the dialogue between two artists in a group tour is is inspiring for uh for a non-artist too yeah no totally that's very um that's really rewarding to see all of that happen um and do you do you collect work yourselves i do yeah i do um i there's many pieces that I um, that I love that I haven't been able to acquire, but I have um, a few new photographs, which I love. I should also say that my mother-in-law is a phenomenal painter. Um, so when I married my husband, I have as much art as I ever want on my walls. And so she's uh, so she's. Uh, frequently in our in our home exhibitions but I you know I pick up pieces here and there um, and then I also just had a birthday and my husband purchased for me these two uh, beautiful photographic prints um, by a friend who's a, a good artist and I'm so happy to have those so yes um, I buy when I can so you are a collector <laughs> yes yes and um I guess my, my last question, and we, we plan on asking all of the guests the same last question. If you could own any work of art from any time period, irrespective of cost and location, what would it be? Well, that's such a, a, such a good question. And it's such a wonderful thing to dream about. 
being able to own any piece of art. And for me, the answer came pretty immediately and in a very strong way that, um, that there's an artist that I've seen for many, many years in New York. Um, and, and he creates these, um, metal, these pieces, these very small pieces of metal come together in the large mural. It's an artist, L. Enutsui, and he has been in the Whitney Biennial and is represented by the Jack Shaneman Gallery. And these murals, um, are so incredibly textured and warm and, um, and colorful and as I thought about why I, I loved his work so much is it was the connection between both the subject of the piece and the material creation of the piece is the same thing. Um, and I love that, that strong connection of looking at something. And so often you can see a piece and you're looking at the subject of the painted tree or, um, or the photographic print, but you're not really having that combination of material and subject, which is um, his pieces. And, um, and I love that they can be any size, you know, these monumental um, installations in biennials, but also these smaller little textured, almost like um, surface of ocean pieces are beautiful. So I encourage everybody to look up his work. Yeah, definitely. But, and are they, how large are they like scale wise? I so I just was um, reading more about him yesterday and some of them, you know, seem to be, you know, 60, 80 feet wide. Oh, wow. Uh, very large. Um, and then some of them are just, you know, these, it's, it's almost like chain mail. Um, and some of them are just very small um, and they're linked together um, in wire um I'm pretty sure he's from um, Ghana. Um, I think studied in Nigeria, maybe. And so, um, so and there's these these uh, wire hooks that hold all these small pieces together. I think he originally used um, um, different pieces of you know cans and bottles. Um, but yeah, That's worth exploring. very interesting. Yeah, yes, definitely. Well, thank you so much for your time and, and being with us here today. I really appreciate it. And um, just, yeah, hope you continue to stay well and creative during this time. Oh, thank you. And thank you for your very thoughtful, inspiring and creative questions. I really appreciated it. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter at curaart.com and see you next week for another call with Kira.